the Spirit. Part three is the Spirit. So on your handout, you can write that there today. Um, when you got saved, your spirit came alive. The Holy Spirit entered into your life and quickened your spirit, and you get access into heaven and access to a lot of power while you are on earth. Uh, we live in a body. We have a soul, but you are a spirit. And in the same way that you feed your body food, if you feed your body good food, it does well. If you feed it bad food, it doesn't do so well. If you feed your soul the right things, it does well. If you feed it the wrong things, it's in charge and it destroys you. The same is true with the spirit. We have to learn how to feed our spirit. If you will feed your spirit the right things, if you will feed it books that line up with God's word, if you'll feed it the right people that speak faith into you, if you'll feed it the right, the right television shows or movies or music, on and on and go. If you'll feed your spirit, it'll become very strong, very strong. And your spirit will produce something on earth. It's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, it says, basically, this is what God wants to produce in your life. You can't produce these things without the Holy Spirit. You can try, and it may take place a little while, but it's going to be fake. It's not the real thing. God wants you to produce this fruit. The Holy Spirit fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Notice, even self-control is not something you can do without the Holy Spirit. Even self-help books, that's great that you read them if, you're, if you do that kind of thing, but they can't produce self-control. Only the Holy Spirit can produce. You'll never learn how to truly love someone without going through the Holy Spirit to do it. You'll never have ultimate joy. You'll never have true peace in your mind, in your home, in your relationships, unless the Holy Spirit is involved. So in this analogy, pretty much you're a tree, and God wants you to produce this kind of fruit. Remember that. Say, I'm a tree. In fact, just, just, just for my humor, can you just say, I am Groot? I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Okay, anyway, so you're a tree, okay? God wants you to produce. For those of you that didn't get that joke, I feel sorry for you. He wants you to produce the right things. Um, I'll just tell you, I've told you before, but it's like that old Cherokee Indian who was trying to teach his grandson this principle. And he said, grandson, inside of every person, there's two wolves. They're always at war. One wolf is evil, is filled with lust, immorality, strife, jealousy, racism, bigotry. The other wolf is very good. The other wolf is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Every day, these wolves are constantly at battle with one another. Every day. The grandson thought about it for many. He said, well, granddad, which wolf wins the battle? And the grandfather smiled and said, whichever wolf you feed, you get to choose. You know, if you look at this up here, if you have a problem with self-control, your problem is not, you don't need to think, I'm going to have self-control. I'm going to have self That's not your problem. Your problem is you need to feed your spirit so it produces self-control. If you have strife in your life, you can think all day long, I need to get rid of the strife. Get rid of the strife. That's not your problem. You can't get, if, you could, if you could change things and control things on your own, you wouldn't need God. So if you could produce these things on your own, you wouldn't need God. But if you have a problem with strife, your problem's not strife. Your problem is you're not feeding your spirit what God's word says about strife and peace. Because when you feed your spirit a book that was written by spirit, Two spiritual beings, when you feed yourself that, it'll naturally begin to produce those things in your life. If you don't have joy, your problem is not that you need joy. Your problem is you need to feed your spirit so it produces joy. We're on the same page, right? Feed your, okay, so Psalms 1, which is where you should be in your Bibles. Psalms 1 in the Amplified Bible, it says this, verses 1 through 3. Blessed or happy or prosperous, it says in the Amplified, is the man who does not 
go with the ungodly. Everybody say people. people. Say it loud. Say people. people. Nor stands inactive. Have you ever had somebody say, well, I didn't do what they did. I was just there. I didn't take part in it. I was just, listen, I was an innocent, by, I was just there. I, did, I, wasn't, I didn't do what they did, but that person still gets in trouble, right? Nor stands inactive in the path of sinners, nor sits with those who have no use for God. Everybody say places. Okay, it goes on to say, instead, he finds joy in God's word, and he habitually meditates on it day and night. Everybody say ponder. Okay, those are your three points for today. Watch this. He will be like a tree, which I just told you you were. He shall be like a tree planted by the water, producing fruit. And then we just saw in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You'll produce it every month. No matter how your boss treats you, no matter what's going on with your kids, no matter what your finances look like, you'll produce it every month. Everything he does will prosper and succeed. So here's what this says. Who you hang out with, the places you go, and the things you fill your mind with and ponder will determine what you become in your future. In fact, you are today, right now, you are the very person that has been around the people you've been around, the places you've gone to, and the things you've put into your mind to ponder. That's what you are right now. If you want to change your life, you got to change these three things. If you want to change your future, if you need your future, if you need your marriage to be better, you better get around the right people. If you need your mindset to be better, you need to get around the right things that are feeding your mind. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God, not heard at once, but you're continuing to hear. If you want, if you need anything in your life to change, you got to change what you're pondering on, the people you're hanging around, and the places you go. So number one, everybody ready for number one? Number one is people. People, Proverbs uh, 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will become wise, but associate with fools and you will be destroyed. Okay, how many children get in trouble at school simply because they're just hanging around the wrong crowd? That's it. They're, just, they're not bad. They're simply just hanging around the wrong crowd. How many times have you told your kids, you're not hanging out with that one? You can hang out with this friend. This, if you're not, how many times have you asked your teenager, who you've been hanging out with? Because you know pe the people influence them. Okay, how many teenagers get pregnant because they're in the wrong circle, just hanging around the wrong people? How many adults are in prison right now? simply because they were inactive around people who were doing the wrong thing. You have no idea. You have no, I, I've seen it, I've seen it so many times. You have no idea how greatly influential people are in your life. I heard somebody say this. Some people bring happiness wherever they go. Some people bring happiness whenever they go. <laughs> you got to decide which those people are in your life. Um, and the same, you know, we talked about children hanging around the wrong crowd. The same is true for all of you adults. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how mature you think you are. If you hang around gossips, it's going to affect you. If you hang around negative people, it's going to affect you. How the, why would you want to hang out with somebody that's always negative, and then you think you're going to be able to go home and encourage your family and your spouse, and you just spend all that time with that negative person? That's not, no. If you hang around somebody that's always griping about their spouse, listen real close, you'll find something negative to say about your spouse. People influence you greater than you could ever imagine. So in Genesis chapter 12, Abram shows up, and God says, Listen, Abram, I'm going to make you a promise. In verse 2, he said this, I am going to make you great. I want you to notice that God didn't say, Abraham, you're going to be great. He said, I'm going to make you great. Again, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to do this in your life. 
I'm going to bless you in abundance. I'm going to make your name famous. In other words, I'm going to make your name, you're going to have good integrity. I'm going to make your name well-known in a positive way. And here's what, you're going, to, you're going to be a blessing. This is God's dream for every one of you in here today. This is his dream for your life. Okay, that's verse 2. Are you ready to see what verse 1 says? Verse 1, roll me back, says this. For your own advantage, leave your land... Leave your relatives. Now that scripture right there was worth some of y'all just coming out to church this morning. Whatever you put in the offering today was worth right there where it says leave your relatives. Y'all got your word from the Lord today. Leave your father's home and go where I'm going to show you. Why did God tell him this? Because the people that he was hanging around were idol worshipers. And we always have this mindset, I'll change them. If I date them, they'll change if I hang out with them, they'll start serving God. Are you really that strong that you can pull this person up? The Bible says there's more of a chance they'll pull you down than you will pull them up. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I, my, my wife's best friend, member of church here, a uh, wonderful young lady, her and her husband, we love to hang around them. Um, her, 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 my wife's best friend is a very uh, encouraging woman, young lady, very positive. She loves her church. She loves Jesus, and she loves her husband. I mean, she loves her husband. I mean, she loves him. So when my wife is done hanging out with her best friend, guess what she feels like when she comes home? She loves her husband. So I will actually tell my wife sometimes, you need to go hang out with your friend a little bit. <laughs> Big Daddy wants to hang out. You need to go hang out with your friend. Come back home. Because when she comes home, she's energized. She's motivated. She's happy. She thinks I'm the greatest thing in the world. Why? Because she hung out with somebody that has the same spirit. Spirits are transferable. You are not too strong for the wrong spirit to gravitate in your life, and you bring that thing home with you. In verse 4, Abraham did what God said, but he brought his nephew Lot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up the train here. God never said to take Lot. In fact, God specifically said, leave your relatives. Do you know Lot caused so much strife? They had to end up parting ways. Here's what's interesting. After God said, leave your relatives, leave these people, go around. God never spoke to Abraham again until he got rid of Lot. He did not speak to Abraham. In other words, he was, God was saying, I think God was, I believe God was saying this. You haven't done what I told you to do. You're wanting me to speak to you, change your life, do these things. You didn't do the last thing I commanded you to do. I said, leave him. And, and God didn't until after they split up. That tells me this. The wrong influences can prevent us from hearing the voice of God. I can't tell you how many people have come to me for help over and over and over and over again. And I know so deep inside the problem is their circle or the person they're dating, or whatever it is. And I even say to them, do you, does this person serve? You keep telling me about this person. Do they serve God? Well, no. They believe in God. Well, have they, what, what's, have they done anything? Well, no, they don't treat me right. They do this. They're always, well, why are you hanging out with them? If they gossip, if they're negative, if they gripe, if they don't serve Jesus, you need to blow them a kiss goodbye. Wave at them from a distance. Send them a postcard. You keep praying for them. And yes, you should be kind to them, good to them, you should serve them when they're around, but your only purpose for being around that person that doesn't serve God is to bring them to Jesus. It's not the, the purpose is not to have fun with them. The purpose is to bring them to Jesus, just so you know. Um, I read a story this week that, that completely touched my life, and if you want to look up, there's a little documentary on it. This little boy named Owen, 
Uh, he was four years old when he was diagnosed with this very rare muscular disorder. Uh, his muscles are constantly tense. So it creates huge muscles on his very little body, but he's constantly in pain 24 hours a day. Constant pain, never a relief from pain. He's not growing right, and so he's in a wheelchair. And um, by the time he got to six years old, he pretty much wanted to be done with his life. He told his parents, I'm never going outside again. I'm never going to have any friends. People stare at me in my wheelchair all the time. I'm in constant pain. I just can't handle it anymore. So his parents, they did everything they could to cheer him up, pray for him. Nothing seemed like nothing was working. One day, the mom sees a picture of a face of a huge St. Bernard dog that was up for adoption. Her and her husband went to go visit the couple, and it turns out the people that rescued the dog, some owners of the dog had tied the dog to a railroad track to watch the, rail, to watch the train run over the dog. And by the time these people got there and got the, 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 the other people out the way, the train ended up running over one of the legs of the dog, and it had to be cut off. So here's this huge, three-legged, giant St. Bernard who the parents decide to adopt and surprise young Owen. When they, man, when they opened the door, there was an instant connection. The three-legged dog runs over to Owen, lays his head on the little boy's lap in the wheelchair, and it changed his life forever. Now Owen can't wait to go outside and show people his giant three-legged dog. He says, nobody stares at me in my wheelchair. They're too busy staring at my dog. Here's a picture of little Owen. He was so excited about his new dog. He asked his parents, can I put him in one of the dog shows? So they went into the most prestigious dog show in England. And the dog got first place for rescue dog. Since then, he's done dozens and dozens and dozens of shows and won first place over and over and over again. Here's my point. If God Almighty can bring a three-legged dog into a little boy's life to push him into his destiny, how much more can God bring the right person into your life to push you into your destiny? But if you're hanging around the wrong ones, listen real close, you won't meet the right ones. You cannot be hanging around the wrong one and expect God to bring the right one in your life. you got to remove yourself from that person or that circle in order to find the right ones. Um, I'll tell you something that I'm very blessed to have is um, one of my best friends in the whole world is going to be 70 years old in a few weeks. Um, his name's Mark Kaufman. No, I'm just kidding. His name is, his name is Bob. Micah and I love to hang out with Bob and Cindy. I want you to think about this. Bob's 30 years older than me. I play soccer, he plays golf. I have five kids, he and Cindy never had any natural children of their own. I like music, he likes to work with his hands and build things. We don't have a lot in common, but he loves Jesus, he loves his wife, and he loves his church. Sometimes that's enough for God to connect you with somebody that'll forever change your life. Stop looking at someone that's the same color as you, same age as you, same likes as you. You got to look far beyond that. Bob is my three-legged dog. I'm so proud to show him off. I'll take him anywhere. <laughs> Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, so as a friend sharpens another. Listen, your friends must be sharpening you or they're not biblical friends. And listen real close. You need to be a sharpener as well. If you're not a sharpener, you will lose the people that are high quality that know how to sharpen you. People are very important. Number two is this, what you ponder. 
What you ponder. Philippians 4.8 says, Fill your minds with things that are true, right, pure, holy, friendly, and proper. What you fill your mind with will determine the mood that you have. Listen, you cannot feel something without thinking it. You cannot feel fear without putting a fearful thought in your mind. You cannot feel anxiety without putting anxious thoughts in your mind. You have to understand, this is why Psalms 1, what we just read said, habitually meditate on the word day and night. One scripture in the morning, one scripture at night, because the enemy always loves to work on you when you first wake up and right before you go to bed. What you ponder is everything. Everything. we got to fill our minds with the right things. Um, if, you, if you talk to a doctor, a medical doctor, and you'll say, how did you become a doctor? Here's what he'll say, or she will say this. Um, I went to a school where day in and day out, we listened to lectures on medicine. Day in, we, we watched videos of, of, of surgeries and different procedures. We were around other medical students who had the same desires. We were around people who were already doctors who could speak into our life. We read books on medicine, and then after several years, they'll say this, I became a doctor. Let me ask you a question. Based on the music you listen to, based on the people who you allow to speak into your life, based on the books you read, based on what you put in front of your eyes, let me ask you a serious question. What are you studying to become? Are you studying to become a professional depressive person? A professional loser? A, 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 a pornography addict? What is it that you are studying to be a rapper? What are you growing into? If you don't like what you're growing into, you got to stop what it is you've been feeding your mind on a regular basis. Proverbs 15, 14 says this, only a fool feeds on trash. Now I'm going to tell you something that old people get upset with me when I say. First they get upset that I call them old, but after that... They get upset when I say this. I don't watch the news. You know, I've watched the news three times my entire life. I watched it on 9-11. I watched it the night that Obama was elected, and I watched it the night that Trump was elected. That's the only three times my entire life I've watched the news. And I'm doing okay. I have not missed out. I am not discouraged. I am not unaware of what's going on in the world. There's enough people that tell me what's going on in the world for me to have to be able to stay away from the news and not watch it. In fact, I'm going to save y'all a lot of heartache. In fact, I'm going to save you time that you could spend with your family. You could watch a good sermon. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what's going to be on the news tonight. In fact, I'll tell you what's going to be on there tomorrow night. I'm prophetic like that. Not pathetic, prophetic. I'm going to tell you what's going to be in the news for the next 10 years. You ready? Here's the first thing. There's going to be murders and rapes. That's the first one. Second one is this. Um, half the world's either going to hate who the president is or half the world's going to love who the president is. It's always one or the other. I mean, am I, am, I, am I lying? That's exactly what's on the news. In fact, if you watch the news, listen, here's what it'll do to you. You will end up hating the commander-in-chief of our country or you'll end up hating the people who hate the commander-in-chief of our country. One or the other, it'll produce hate. If you're white, you'll hate blacks. If you're black, you'll hate whites. If you're Republican, you'll hate Democrats. If you're Democrat, you'll hate Republicans. I guarantee, I've had Christians look me in the face and say, I hate, and then they list one of those, and it's all because they feed themselves the wrong things. Have you ever watched the news and walked away and thought, life is good and Jesus is on my side and I just can't wait to encourage my family today? 
Have you ever had that thought in your mind? Of course you haven't. <laughs> of course you haven't. If we put garbage in, we're going to get garbage out. Watching the news is like going into Bojangles behind the restaurant into that big dumpster, climbing in the dumpster, and looking around for a biscuit that nobody's touched. And you find that one, and you think, you know what? I actually found a good biscuit. If you dig in that garbage can long enough, you'll find a biscuit, right? Is it worth digging in the garbage can to find a biscuit? <laughs> no. That's what it's like watching the news. If you really look hard, you'll find something good in there. I promise you, you can get what you need from five minutes of the news a week or looking at the front page of the newspaper. Everything you need to know is in there. I would not be able to encourage you every Sunday if I filled my mind with the news. And you're not going to be able to encourage your family if you fill your mind with the wrong things. I heard about this father who was trying to teach his teenagers this principle. And so um, they wanted to watch this movie. It's rated R. And their favorite actors and actresses were in the movie. Uh, they told their dad, listen, it's got a great storyline. Uh, it's got a bunch of CGI, a bunch of effects, special effects. We, all of our friends at school said it's okay. The dad said, well, why is it rated R? They said, well, there's a little bit of nudity. There's one rape scene. There's, you know, 15 to 20 GDs in it. But other than that, it's a good movie. Their dad said, no, you're not going to. They said, please, dad, all of our friends are watching. It's not that big of a deal. You know, it's just a little bit of nudity. We've seen stuff like that before. Just let us watch it. The dad said, no way. They were so upset. The dad said, I'll think about it, but, but, but we'll, we'll see. So a few hours went by. The dad called the teenagers downstairs, and he said, listen, I, I've made up my mind about the movie. We're going to talk about it. First, I want you to eat some brownies. We, I, made a, I made some brownies for us, just a little snack. He said, um, I made it just like Grandma makes it, all the special ingredients, gourmet qualities, but there's one you know, special surprise ingredient that I've added to the mix that we've never eaten before. The kids said, well, what, 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 what's the special ingredient? The dad said, nope, I, you don't need to worry about it. Just, just try it. You won't even taste it. You won't even know it's there. They said, we're not going to eat the brownies till you tell us what you put inside of it. The dad said, okay. I went outside earlier, and the neighbor was walking their dog, and the dog put a little bit of poop in the yard, and so I just got a spoonful of poop. And I put it in the brownie mix. And listen, the rest of the qualities are of gourmet. Listen, the, I put just the right amount of chocolate, eggs, everything. So it's just a little bit of dog poop. You won't even taste it. No matter how hard he tried, he could not convince his teenagers to eat the poop. Do you know why? Because even though it was just a little bit of it, it made it totally unedible for their bodies. He said the same thing is true with that movie. Because of the nudity, because of the rape scenes, it makes it totally worthless in our sight. You have no business putting it inside of you. Let me ask you a question, just out of curiosity, and you don't have to answer back. Do you really want your spouse to have an image of someone that's naked other than you in their mind? Especially this person who has a personal trainer for the six months they're working on the movie, has a personal diet coach, a plastic surgeon on their phone, on, on speed dial. Do you really want that person's body in your spouse's mind? It says in Matthew 6, 22, the eyes are the window to the soul. 
You know, it's interesting. It doesn't say the brain is the window to the soul. It says what goes in through, this, through these, these glasses, through the eyes, through the windows of your soul. What goes in here gets in your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? Your eyes don't know the difference between a TV and real life. It's the same image. If someone knocked on your door, you and your family are having dinner, and they walk in, and they start to undress in front of you, would you pull out some popcorn and watch it, or would you say, get the heck out of my house? Y'all, some of y'all don't need to answer that, but most of you, you know, you'd say, I'm going to shoot you if you don't get out of here, right? Because you don't want that in your home. Some of you think this, well, I don't want my kids to watch it. So their soul is more important than your soul? I've never understood that. Number three is this. <laughs> y'all are like, I don't know if I like this sermon today or not. <laughs> Number three is place. I'm curious, out of every place on planet Earth, where do you think is the most important place, location, atmosphere that God wants you in on a regular basis? Church. Psalms, not, remember, we're the tree. We're trying to produce fruit every month. Holy Spirit fruit. Psalms 92, 13, being planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. And it goes on to say, they will still bear fruit even when they're three-legged dogs at 70 years old. They will still bear fruit in their old age. Um, if you are a tree... Imagine that God has you destined to become this huge, massive um, oak tree or fruit tree, apple tree, whatever it is. But someone comes along and plants you in a little potter from Lowe's. You know, one of those little $10, $15 ones. No matter how much greatness you are destined for, you are only able to grow to the level that your roots are able to go down deep and be sunk in the ground, correct? If you're, the pot limits your growth. Some of you need to repot yourselves with whatever the places are you're hanging out where you know God doesn't want you to be. Some of you need to plant yourself in a local church where there's this one or some church. I don't care what church it is, just plant yourself in that Bible-based church. It is determining your future. No matter how great of seeds of destiny you have on the inside, if you're not planted in the right place, you'll never fulfill what God has for you. Um, in the New Testament, the prodigal son, um, he, was, um, he was from a wealthy family. You could say that he lived at, at, at Grand Dunes or he lived over in Prestwick. His father was wealthy, a loving, good dad. He demanded his inheritance money. And you know the story. He left the, safe, he left the place God had for him. And let me just say this about your home. I don't want to get in your business, but, but some of y'all, you, um, your home is not the place of peace and joy that it should be. And if there's anything you need to do, you need to go home today, clean your house. I mean, whatever, there might, there might be some things, some spirits, and I don't mean to get cuckoo on you, but some spirits might have attached themselves to things that you might have had before you got saved that you need to get rid of. Um, um, clean your house out. You might need to put some paint on the walls. You need to pray, anoint the house, do something so that you have the feeling of, I don't care what's going on in life. When I get home, oh, I can't wait. That's going to be the place of peace for me. I can't wait to sit on my couch, just enjoy my home. If you don't have that type of uh, motivation in your mind, there's something wrong. You need to work. There's some kind of confusion, strife in your home spiritually. Well, anyway, the prodigal son leaves his home. He goes to Las Vegas. He hangs out with the wrong crowd prostitutes, uh, friends that are just taking his money, he's gambling, all that kind of thing, and something happened to him. As he was in the wrong environment, everybody say environment. environment. As he was in this wrong atmosphere, his atmosphere changed him. He didn't change his atmosphere, his atmosphere changed him. 
So much so, he ended up in a pile of pig slop. And in verse 16, it says, he longed to fill his belly with the pig. Being in the wrong atmosphere caused him to crave something he was never intended to crave. He was never created to crave trash. But as he sat in the wrong place with the wrong people, filling his mind with the wrong things, it changed who he was. Same thing is true with you. There's only so much we can do for a person until they're willing to finally separate themselves from their toxic environment. Only so much we can do. You, in my life, I've realized that most people, I can just kind of pray for them until they plant themselves in a church somewhere. Because I can encourage them, I can minister to them, I can call them up, I can take them to lunch. But until they get rid of their toxic environment, nothing's going to change in their life. And I want to just close with this one, this one thought. And this is my favorite part of the sermon. You won't like, this is just something for me, but I love it. There's this new age uh, philosophy for Christians going around that says, I don't have to be in a church if I'm a Christian. And they use that scripture where two or more are gathered. You know, there he is in the midst. A lot of times that's mainly used for prayer. But either way, I want to just blow this myth out the water, okay? Two or more are gathered is a good thing. Christians who are gathered together is a good thing. Gathering with Christians, social events, Bible studies, gathering with Christians is a good thing, but it's not church. If gathering with other disciples of Christ was, was all you needed, then God wouldn't have sent Paul to start churches after that. Hey, don't, don't just gather, have a church. You need elders, worship leaders, pastors, teachers, ways for you to challenge and, be grow, and to grow. So I want to show you the difference between gathering together and Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And this is referring to church. I had one of the teenagers uh, make me something. Uh, I was in their house this week and I noticed they had some Legos. So I wanted you to see, I asked him to make me a church out of Legos. And so he gathered all the pieces. Does that look like a church? They're all gathered together. They're all here. Each Lego does not represent a brick. It represents one of you. Look, here's some Christians. They're gathered together. See them all gathered? Here they are. Doesn't that look great? It's okay to gather together, but that's not church. It's not church until they assemble themselves together. Here is the assembling of the church. 1 Corinthians 12, last scripture, all through the chapter, he says, the body of Christ has many parts, all the members, members, not attendees that gather, members that have connected themselves. They are a piece of this church. They form that one body. To one has a message of wisdom, one faith, another healing, discernment, miracles, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation. God has placed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers. Take me to the next scripture, please. Miracles, gifts of healing, helping and guidance. Here's what this is saying. God is saying, I've given you something, but the thing that you need, I've given to somebody else. See, you might have the gift of faith, but you don't have the gift of healing. You might have prophecy, but you don't have the gift of miracles. I've given you something, but the thing that you need, I gave to somebody else. And so if you're going to get what you need from somebody else, you have to assemble yourself to be a part of the body so that what they need can come from you and what you need can come from them. Amen. See, if God gave you everything you needed, you wouldn't need people. And the one thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone. 
You need relationships. You need the right ones. You need to fill your mind with the right things, and you need to be in the right place. Because everywhere you go and everything you do, you are always feeding something in your life.